This is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Friday, December 10th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by ManRubs. You can find them at ManRubs.com and on Instagram, ManRubs. They have rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, all around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at StayReadyGear.com and on Instagram, StayReadyGearUSA. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers tourniquet carriers on and off duty gear for you military and law enforcement use the code stake for five percent off your order don't get ready stay ready you know christmas is coming he's making a list he's checking it twice it's joe biden mike lindell about which attorney generals and secretaries of state won't admit that there's election fraud oops in the 2020 presidential election you can't beat a good night's sleep and if you want the greatest night's sleep you've ever had, MyPillow.com is the place to get all of your Christmas-related sleep items. Giza bathrobes, Giza dream sheets. I'm wearing the Giza slippers today. Nice. Get a Giza dog bed for your dog. Promo code STEAK at checkout. You can save up to 66% off over 600 MyPillow products. The website is MyPillow.com forward slash steak. Or you could call via the telephone, 1-800-658-8045. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at odyssey.com. Whether you're podcasting, gaming, listening to Long December, listen to it in high quality. Odyssey's on Facebook and they're on Instagram. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms. Stocking stuffers, pocket pistols, ammo, boating licenses. Newly redesigned website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com, via the telephone, 619-870-6992, or on Facebook Messenger. First responders working hard during this holiday season, especially if you live in a uh, George Soros-funded, democratically-ran city. Me. If you're off-duty, you're probably going to be wearing T-shirts, sweatshirts, flip-flops, and fanny packs. If you're on duty, you're going to have stickers and patches on your bags and buses from MediocreMedic.com. Find them on Instagram. And last but not least, Dumpbox. Getting ready for the Zero Fucks Santa Duck, number two. Oh, nice. Coming this weekend. Get in for the drop on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram or visit the website, Dumpbox.us. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that will take you to all of our social medias, the website, our telegram, and more. 
And on that note, welcome. Friday edition, Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 89. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. And uh, Antoinette's going to be along in just a bit. We have a uh, guest today joining us, coming back again, circling back. She's the host of the weekly briefing on OAN. She's a uh, Marine, a lawyer, author, great friend, Miss Christina Bob. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for sitting through our obnoxiously long introduction. It is a little I'm not going to lie. I was enjoying Long December. It was a throwback. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, how are you doing? What's going on? Good. Busy. Lots going on that not a lot of people are talking about. So grateful for the opportunity that you guys want to share some of the info. Wisconsin's been big this week. Um, I'm sure you guys saw the hearing. So breaking all of that down and trying to get the word out and yeah, trying to make sure everyone knows what's happening. A, a lot of people have been commenting on my social media posts. They're saying, oh, well, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Things are absolutely happening. And I absolutely think we are gaining ground and we are making traction. We are gaining momentum. It might not look like it because, you know, big corporate media is not necessarily reporting it, but things are happening. So just throw that out there from the beginning. So if you, if you had one thing to say to the haters and the losers, what would it be in regards to all of this stuff going on behind the scenes with the election related material? Uh, I would say watch, <laughs> put it all on Instagram. It's going to happen. Like there's literally nothing they can do about it. They can hate as much as they want. They can be as nasty as they want, but watch me, yeah, you know, watch you guys like just watch. There's would, been, would you say hold my beer? Yeah. <laughs> stay <Exactly>. tuned <laughs> or stay tuned. <clears throat> We're going to get into yeah. that. Um, there, let's see. Before we get into the, I definitely want to talk about the Wisconsin stuff, and I and I have some some audio to go along with with your commentary. Instead of playing clips of you this week, we can actually hear it from the the real human version of you, which is perfect. I like that better. Yeah, so do I. Um, we've had a couple guests on lately who have worked in the administration or around it. Uh, Peter Navarro's been on, and mm-hmm. uh, we had Cash on a few weeks ago. He was great. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah. Amanda Milius joined us. Uh, she was supposed to be on today, but she started pre-production for her new documentary, and she'll be joining us mid-January now. Um, you know, they kind of gave us a little bit of an inside look at the Trump White House and overall parts of the administration. You know, some worked in the State Department, the DOD, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. I mean, I think between your military experience and then when you, you worked briefly within DHS, you kind of have a little bit of an insider look. Can you help continue to paint that picture that we're painting for our listening audience for us? And, and before you get into it, you know, one of the things we hear, there was a lot of great patriots who served in the Trump administration. However, there was a lot of people who were career just, I think, who was it last week that we had on? Josh Barnett running in Arizona. Yeah. You know, he, he talked about General Milley specifically, and, and Cash kind of talked about him. Peter Navarro talked about him a little bit. And, and they all said, you know, it's one of those things – once you get past like a certain managerial level or ranking, depending on if you're, you know, non-uniform or uniform, you kind of, a lot of people just lose the whole oath part of the, you know, constitution part of it. And then it's just like, man, I know my boss is going to change in every four to eight years. So my political views have to change too. Mm -hmm. And that, and that was a lot of the things that we saw kind of, you know, always pumping the brakes in the Trump administration. It was the career politicians. It was the people, inside of the federal law enforcement agencies and the Department of Defense that knew, regardless of whether they wanted to do it or not, he was going to be gone. And if 
the public view is not popular. They just weren't going to go with it. Mm-hmm. What did you see when you were there kind of, you know, that, that really kind of continues that narrative or not? Maybe you saw just other stuff. I mean, I know like when you were in DHS, you worked with what, Chad Wolf. He was pretty awesome, right? Um, yeah, I worked very closely. I was a member of the senior leadership team yeah. at the Department of Homeland Security. So, yeah, no, I think you're exactly right as far as um, the the roadblocks that happened during the Trump administration. Some were career. I would say some were political, too. I mean, you saw the Chris Krebs and oh, the yeah. Miles Taylors, and you saw all of the those that betrayed not just president trump but they betrayed the american people i it was this crazy thing where i think the media gave them license to believe and i I do think that miles and chris because i worked closely with both of them i think that they genuinely believed that they knew better or were smarter or people just needed to listen to them and it was appropriate for them to take the steps that they did take. I think they thought they would be heralded as heroes and they cashed in, you know, doing other things. Miles is now working at CNN and contributed at CNN and uh, Chris Krebs partnered with someone from Facebook and has, you know, uh, another company that he's running with Facebook uh, administrators. So doesn't, doesn't, I think doesn't sound too America first to me. doesn't sound. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not. And, um, I, you know, I think it's a little bit of, I I think the, I don't want to call it a problem because it's not a problem, but hear me out on this. I think the problem for Trump was that he was not a career politician, which is why all of us loved him. He was not a career politician. And the amount of people you need in order to fill a presidential administration is a lot. It's hundreds, probably thousands. It's probably close to thousands of people as far as political positions that you can appoint. And Trump, I mean, he just didn't have a thousand people who were, you know, former government employees that had his best interests and the best interests of America in mind to fill the spot. He just didn't have the ability to fill those spots with people who he knew and trusted, whereas other, you know, career politicians have their team in place, but they're all kind of sketchy because they all, you know, schemed together to get to where they are. So it's it was the blessing and curse of President Trump and that we loved him because he was not, you know, government, but it was also a bit of an Achilles heel for the administration. I don't want to say for him personally, I still think it's the strength of him personally, but for his administration, you're plagued by people who don't know what they're doing because they're not, they haven't been in government. You're plagued by what you're talking about, the senior government officials, career officials who, you know, weasel their way into the president's ear. You're plagued by people who may know better, but see an opportunity to elevate themselves. And so they end up having selfish motives in some of the decision-making. There's a lot of other motives that come into play. And I mean, I can't tell you any one person's motive one way or another, but the, the newness and the the difference that was the Trump administration created opportunity for opportunists to take advantage of that. And I, I think we saw that. Yeah. Big time. And it's one of those things, you know, I, I always forget when you're on, I mean, I, I know that, that you worked in DHS and I know you were part of the senior leadership and, and you had the opportunity mm-hmm. to work with somebody. Awesome. I think Chad Wolf was awesome. He should have been, I, I think confirmed. And then if, if they were going to remove him, they should have had to have, you know, essentially fired him from the president, you know, by the president. But I just think that, you know, you, you see, uh, I don't know if you saw recently that George Soros funded sheriff is now part of the senior leadership of DHS. Very concerning to me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably to a lot of our listeners, especially all of our friends who live in the border states, we have so many of them in, in Texas and California and Arizona that listen to us and some of the candidates we've had on. I just saw that kind of snuck under the radar of all the other garbage that's in the news cycle right now. Of like, court- Is that Penn's own or who was it? I actually didn't see that. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was, But I know as soon as he was nominated by Joe Biden, everybody was like, oh, my God, this guy's a George Soros yeah. funded. And, and he, you know, is one of those people who are letting everybody out of jail and stuff like that. But, you know, when you look yeah, at the numbers okay. from DHS right now, we're probably going to. If you include getaways, have 300 million cross the border this year. You have, yeah. you're going to have uh, ICE reported this week 91% uh, less deportations than they have in years past, especially last year. That's just that's insane, especially given the massive amount of increase in people that have actually crossed the border to basically eliminate deportations. I'm actually curious about the 9%. Who are they deporting? I have no idea. It'd be really interesting to, you know, and and then they make up stuff like, you know, Title 42 and MPP. We all know that those things are not being enforced, even though, you know, I mean, who does it apply to, though? Right. It's like, you know, they they say it it applies to family units, but everybody knows they don't return them. And then they. Yeah. In regards. And Dr. Fauci said that um, all of the illegal immigrants coming across the border are showing vaccine passports. <laughs> Did you see that? I think he said that like a week or two ago. I was dumbfounded. I was like, do they actually think Americans believe them when they say things like That's that? Amazing. They're not even showing real passports, let alone vaccine passports. Well, and if they do have a real passport, they left it on the other side of the river. Yeah, exactly. Or they mailed it to the Christian, Catholic, or Jewish. Uh, yeah, like let me pick it up yeah. on the other side. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know they do that. I've seen that on the news before as well. It's just, it's, well, it's, it's funny right now. Real cool. before we get into to what's going on in Wisconsin, let's just touch, yeah. let's just touch on that Dr. Fauci narrative real quick. And when you want to talk about career politicians for someone that's in a, a non-elected official spot, oh, uh, he's evil. He's just evil. He definitely is. So in the past couple of weeks, we we've seen him bring up January sixth. I don't think that has anything to do with his direct job responsibilities right. or anything like that. Extremely political when he was talking about Rand Paul and uh, Ted Cruz. Um, he got into a back and forth argument with Laura Logan on. You know, the cable news shows. I don't know if you had seen what, what she had said, calling him Dr. Malengi. Oh, nice. As I like her a lot. I didn't see that particular report, but yeah, I like she her. Said she Malengi said Malengi or Mengala? She said Mengala, but when Dr. Fauci was like, she called me Dr. Malengi. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's yeah. So she was on uh, the guy on Fox News. He does like the weekend show. He's got the tattoos all over his arms. And, uh, okay. She was, they were just in a, it was her and, and somebody else, and they were talking about the restrictions and lockdown. They were having a pretty flowing conversation, and she just was like, He is that Nazi doctor reincarnated. Oh, the look on their faces was priceless. And too. you just, just see, like, Whoa, you see whoa, the host, whoa. and he's like, mm. He's sitting there, and she just went on for like a minute. And she's like, Good for her. She's like, The body counts the same, the things that he does to people are the same. And I was just like, oh, Wow. This I was is- just waiting for that news anchor or whatever, the host, to just be like, t- like Pull the earpiece out of his ear because somebody's yelling at him incessantly. But then, doc- <laughs> but, but then Dr. Fauci goes on TV, and instead of just making a point that that's inappropriate, he brings up the fact that Fox has not, what do you say, punish her? She's received no punishment. Of course, she was suspended. And uh, why, wait, wait, why was she suspended? For, for making that reference and comparing him to... The, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So she, she should be given a raise. Yeah, exactly. But people can write opinion columns, you know, literally calling Trump Hitler. So that's but, fine. But that, again, is is him being political in places where he shouldn't be and has no direct right. you know ties to his job. And then, again, with the border stuff, like, he can kind of weigh in 
you know, as his in his position on how he feels about that mess that's down at the border, and he has definitely tried to shine that turd since the beginning of the crisis in January. You can't polish a turd. Just no, you can't. on your hands. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. Then he starts talking about specifics re- related to, like, immigration. Like, he, he's talking about, like, Title 42 and stuff like that. And I'm just like, no, he these, these are all things that he shouldn't be talking about. Like, he has no business doing that. And if he was yeah, probably not the longest No, tenured, he wants to run the world. And Yes, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, he wants to run the world. He's increasingly, to your point, he's increasingly invading spaces that are not his space to run. And it just goes to show how weak the Biden administration is, that they have this career uh, health policy guy. He's not even a real doctor. Like he he doesn't actually treat patients. They have him now dictating border policy and dictating travel and talking about, you know, all, all the, oh, January 6th, that was the other one. They, <laughs> the Biden administration has no backbone and they have no integrity whatsoever, even within their own policies, that they can't stand up to someone and say, actually, Dr. Fauci, we like you. We like the fact that you're an evil doctor and doing all <laughs> kinds of crazy medical experiments on people, but just do that. You know, don't worry about the border. Don't hey, worry about it. stick to stuff. the beagles. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, what it, was that? I did. You stick to the beagles. Yeah, exactly. That's like, horrible. oh, that's so just even, oh, that's so awful. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just stick to your evil lane that you're in and we'll come to you when we're talking about that. But they let him, you know, kind of plop outside of the seat that he's in and he's, he's growing and growing in influence, not with the people, not that the people like him, but because um, the Biden administration has no backbone whatsoever and isn't able to actually control him. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I mean, we talk about it every week and we, we, we try to give our listening audience as much actual things that come out of his mouth and audio form. Well, why are people treating him like he's some sort of rock star, like making bobbleheads and getting Fauci tattoos and yeah, just ridiculous stuff like that? Well, that goes to show that the left, like the crazy, crazy left that has taken over the Democrat Party and now taken over the United States, mm-hmm. uh, they're better at marketing. Like, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. They're just better at marketing than like the rest of America. And we're all forced to buy it right now because they happen to be in power. But um, I, I think it's just a marketing thing. I mean, we still got Let's Go Brandon going for us. Yeah, that's pretty Yeah, good. that's pretty. That's true. But ours is better because it's authentic, right? And it's real. Yes. It was it was organic. It came to be yeah. naturally. Yeah, it certainly exactly. did. And uh, th- yeah, that's definitely something that we've run with this year. Um, all right, let's let's get into some of this stop the steal related material. So Wisconsin's heated up. I think we started to touch on it last time. You know, mm-hmm. we were just starting to get some uh, news. I think the last time we talked to you it was right after the. Uh, the Racine County uh, Sheriff's oh, Department, yeah. they did their big disclose, and, and we were kind of wondering where it was going from there. Yeah. Before we get into some audio that you could help commentate on with us for it, why don't you just tell us where it's at right now? Yeah, well, with Racine, the Racine County Sheriff's Office did a fantastic job. Like, you want to talk about true law enforcement heroes, those guys are it. And they did a real investigation, found a whole bunch of voter fraud as it related to the nursing homes. We saw, that's what we were talking about last time. Yep. And I don't think we had talked about this last time, but they, as of now, I think since our my last time on your show, they have actually referred charges to the Racine District Attorney. Did we cover that? Uh, no, it, that came out after. Okay. 
Okay, yeah. So they refer charges to Patricia Hansen. She is the Republican elected district attorney for Racine County. They did that a few weeks ago. And it's up to her whether she's going to prosecute. I've reached out to her office. Um, I spoke with someone, but not anybody that was like able to comment. And so I asked if they could get me an attorney or spokesperson or someone who could give me information that I could use on the record to report on. And they are not returning my calls and they have not issued a press release. And as far as I can tell, unless there's something out that I didn't see, as far as I can tell, they have not even acknowledged receipt of the recommended charges. Hmm. So, um, it is. I will give her a little bit of a break. Uh, just a little one. Don't people listening. Don't get mad at me. Hear me out. I'll give her a little bit of a break because she's in a tough spot because um, jury nullification is a real thing. If you when you're the prosecutor, you need 100 percent of all 12 of those people on your jury to vote your way. Yep. Like we saw in Kyle Rittenhouse, all we needed was one person to say not guilty. And Kyle Rittenhouse was not guilty. It's the exact opposite with this. We actually need 100 percent of the jury to vote to convict. That's more challenging for her. Is it possible that there's one person, one out of 12 that, you know, could sneak onto that jury panel that is a polit- basically a political operative that's going to, you know, throw the case anyway? Like, I don't know. That might be something that's weighing on her mind. I don't know. But for whatever reason, she's not, she doesn't appear to be doing anything with the charges. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do. I continue to make the phone calls and recommend that they press charges. And then I don't know if you want to get into the hearing earlier this week on Wednesday. Oh yeah. We're, I got, I got some uh, complimentary audio to go on that, but why don't you give us a little lead in before we get into that? Yeah. So Janelle Branchen, she's the she's election awesome. committee chairwoman of the Wisconsin assembly. She is awesome. She, she is a true fighter, a true patriot, and she has not let this go. She's been working closely with grassroots efforts to get information out. So We know that Robin Voss, the Speaker of the Assembly, has pretty much been unwilling to do much. He appointed Michael Gableman several months ago. We've seen nothing come out of anything that Gableman has done. Um, But Janelle Branch and finally just said, you know, we've got a lot of information. We're not done. There's more to do. But she has hundreds of emails from the Wisconsin Election Commission and from the Director of Elections in Milwaukee where they're coordinating with Democrat groups to provide direct access into the Wisconsin voting system without the state officials. So they've helped them create this app where they can add voters directly to the registration without like they can completely bypass the state system and just add them to the the voter roll. Um, Seems legit. Yeah. Right. And um, the app that was developed and a number of other legal procedures that happened, you know, I could, I don't want to turn this into a lecture, but there were a number of things that happened in Wisconsin that were legal. And there's emails from the Wisconsin election commission WEC and these elected election official directors, not only consenting, but assisting in the illegal activity, like the election officials actually participated in the fraud and in the illegal activity. So uh, Janelle said, you know what, I'm going to have my own hearing if no one's else going to do it. And I'll just present the emails myself, which is what she did. And then she had a software, one of the software programmers explain the app. Should an attorney come on? She had uh, Dr. Frank, who had done the analysis of the voter roll registration. Um, so it was a, a quite uh, a very informative, shocking and damning hearing. I don't know how WEC will respond to it, but I don't see how they could potentially respond to it. So, yeah, yeah. that was Wednesday. Yeah, we're going to hear some of those audio clips right now, and uh, let's kind of jump into it. So, so the numbers are just going to be, you know, if, if you if you only saw 
like a Gateway Pundit article or something mm-hmm. that somebody tweeted in regards to it, you're not going to get the depth that some of the numbers we're going to hear in the next couple of clips. And, and let's get this started now and kind of get into these numbers. The thing that caught the eye is that there are nine that have been registered for more than 120 years hmm. uh, and 121,251 that have been registered uh, between 110 and 119 years. Uh, the reason for that number when we dug in more is that there are 119,000 and change voters who have an application date of January 1st, 1918. Uh, we We have heard that that number is a perhaps a placeholder for information that was not available. That is though a very large number, 119,283. That's just people who are active today. In total, of people who are both active and inactive in that file, the number is more than 500,000 that have that particular date. Uh, that is definitely a not an anomaly. It doesn't look right, and as such, it needs to be explained uh, in my opinion. Well, shocker there. Well, if you don't have right. correct information, then maybe that person needs to update their information. And, and you know, part of the part of the things okay. I like about they say these are so one-sided. They say that these are like people that just can't let go of the Trump presidency or they buy into the rigged and stolen and, and all that other stuff. But he did say that in some cases that date may have been used as a placeholder where some of the information, let's just say there are a few people, maybe a few, let's give them like a high end, a few dozen people who are still alive, 90 or 100 years, still voting strong in Wisconsin. Cheese, you know, the calcium makes your bones strong. Yeah, a lot of cheese. So so there you go. (laughs) But almost 120,000 people, I don't really think that that... Yeah. Well, yeah, clearly that's either just an error or another possibility is that date is a code for Wisconsin election officials who understand how to manipulate the voter system if you need to add basically fraudulent ballots. If you need to add fraudulent votes, you can easily look up that date and find enough spots to add a fraudulent ballot. So a lot of the dates, it's not that people have, it's not that Wisconsin hasn't cleaned out their voter roll in over a hundred years, which they actually haven't, but that's not the point of this number. The point is they have codes that they use. They put in the dates to use as a code and that's how they can find where they can log fraudulent votes. Yeah. They use like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. No, no. So we have (laughs) 120,000 ish voters there. With the, with the one one what nineteen eighteen registration date, let's talk about registration numbers in this next clip. Whole different batch of people. We have uh, voters that have this one hundred fifty seven thousand voters that have the same registration number. <laughs> if we get rid of the zero pad, the padding, so there's numbers. Left, bless you, left justified. Then right is that what you're telling me that it's the same number but. There's left justified numbers that are being added in. Is, am I saying that wrong, or? No, I think you're saying that right. I think it's simply if 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 someone has a registration ID of one, and someone else has four zeros and one, uh, those would be two separate. Uh, they would that would be allowed to exist in the in the data. Uh, however, if you looked at them as numbers, uh, they would both be the number one. Hmm. Hmm. So then how would I be able to compare voters to determine if there's been double voting or out of state? I mean, all of that makes it difficult to con- do a comparison on voter information, correct? Uh, I would say that's correct. And Well, there's that. Right. 
So there's almost. It makes it hard to audit. So you can't check their work and you can't, it makes it hard to find the fraud. But anybody who's part of it and understands the system, the codes that they use, they can easily look for that number. And they have 157,000 people registered under that number. The only difference is the number of zeros that precursed the, the actual number. So anyone who, who knows whatever that registration number is can easily look it up and find 157,000 places where they can stuff ballots. Hmm. Sounds pretty simple enough, right? Safe, right? Still safest and most secure election in the history of the universe, right? Totally. Well, I don't know. I mean, depending, you know, how you define safe and secure. I mean, we haven't even gotten into the big number yet, which will be the big reveal at the end. But we have to remember the only reason we're in this mess is because of the manufactured COVID narrative. And, yes. and that's when somebody else weighed in uh, to talk about how maybe it wasn't about COVID. Maybe it really was about stealing the election. Ooh. And so, so I, I don't think that they were serious about addressing uh, COVID at all. It was all about getting out the vote from the inception. Mm. I think um, there's been an analysis done, I think it was by the Foundation for Government Accountability and National Organization, that about 1% of the spending was for, you know, COVID-related things. And so I, I think on the public health matter, um, you know, you, you really have to, like, okay, you know, you, you have to make all these assumptions uh, to, to get anywhere. And, and I don't think that's really what this is about. I, I think that everyone knows it was a pretext. I also want to mention that, that it was done so hastily, so the... So I, I think the fact of the matter there is, is that he's he's really trying to point out. So this was because of COVID, but less than one percent of all the money allocated went towards anything for COVID. Weird, right? Le Le I mean, that's the typical Democrat narrative, right? They come up with some reason, like this. That also even applies to like this Build Back Better plan yep. and. The infrastructure bill, oh, it's for infrastructure, but like nothing in the bill is related to infrastructure or the Build Back Better. There's environmental issues in the Build Back Better plan, and yet they don't actually address environmental issues. That's exactly what happened here. They're claiming COVID, but it's all about ballot stuffing, ballot harvesting, making it easier to easier to develop this app to cheat. It it's a it was a ballot harvesting scheme, is what it was. Yeah, and and that's perfect that you segue there because the, the last clip we're going to hear from Wisconsin today talks about how it's pretty funny how his name keeps getting brought up, Mark Zuckerberg, and how his almost $9 million worth of influence money in Wisconsin got us into the predicament we're in right now. And you have to understand, like, oh, you know, it's important to find a smoking gun, but it's also important to identify if you have a smoking gun that you have it. And so this document represents an $8.8 .8 million swap for turning out the vote in these cities. Now, you could say, oh, maybe cities like Philadelphia or, or Detroit or Chicago, they would have never put this in agreement. They wouldn't get caught. But in, in, in the Racine and Kenosha and Green Bay, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it was unintentional, they, 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 they made an agreement which swapped cash for getting out the vote. And so that's what we're going to go through. So. Like the first provision I highlight is, you know, the, the Wisconsin five cities are to be intentional and strategic in reaching out our historically disenfranchised residents communities and above all ensure the right to vote in our dense and diverse communities. Yeah. Well, the problem from Wisconsinites view is the WSVP fails to provide equal access to resources to non Wisconsin five voters or even voters within the same city. 
In addition, the WSB commits the Wisconsin Five Cities to target specific communities to increase turnout. Pretty interesting there. Huh. Yeah. That's infuriating to me. Sorry. It's your show. I'll let you comment no, on it. No. <laughs> but I can't we, help but get so frustrated. No, and instead of waiting for you to report on it next week and then and then us having to play it in, in retrospect, we want you to yeah. comment on that right now. Like, you know, what do you what do you hear when you hear him say that? That's astonishing. Dude, I hope people understand that what happened in Kenosha, Racine, Madison, Milwaukee, and Green Bay, five cities, the five big cities that most Democrat voters cities, they received there were different reports. One said 8.8, one said 10 million. Uh, either way, they received eight to $10 million uh, from CTCL, Mark Zuckerberg's group, and they had reporting requirements. So you had the government of Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee, the county of Milwaukee, racing all of these cities. They were reporting back to CTCL. Like to me, that's astonishing that someone gives money to the government and they are now they now have reporting requirements real time on their election procedures. It doesn't work that way. The government runs the election, no interference. And yet they basically paid to not only have access, but basically get the government to work for them. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, you had that whole narrative you just said right there. Some of the other things I saw directly related to that. Mark Zuckerberg money, the reporting requirements and the influence that they had on the election. I heard there was buses provided uh, yep. for people from from low income neighborhoods to get out and vote, which doesn't sound terrible. But when you think what the intent and what the target audience is, it's not one person, one vote. It's let's go get a whole bunch of people that usually don't vote and make them vote in addition with all the people who vote normally and, and, and kind of just give them like a free pass and, and maybe even a gift card on the way out, you know? They're, they're... Right. But only black people could get on the bus. Right. White people, like if you go into a neighborhood and you happen to live there, you're a lawful regular resident of the neighborhood, but you're white, you can't get on the bus. But if you're black, you can get on the bus. Are there any bridges that are going to keep these buses from getting to where they need to go? I thought that was only for Puerto Rican Dominican kids. Oh, that's right. According to Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> But the white buses, they go right under the bridges. The drawbridges. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, there was that. I think the most damning number of all. So, in the 2020 presidential election, I believe 3.7 million people voted. There were 4.5 million eligible voters in the state of Wisconsin. And the voter rolls right now in Wisconsin reflect 7.1 million registered voters. Like, right. It's crazy. It's a little bit different. So there are 4.5 million residents over the age of 18. Right. And then of that, you had the 3.7 million eligible voters and 3.3 voted. And so if you actually, so what they're doing is the 7.1 that you're talking about compared to the 4.5, they're playing with the numbers because they come up with 72 point something percent voter turnout. But if you actually take what you're talking about, Rowan, with the active voters, like the actual ones who are marked active and eligible to vote, and you compare that to the 3.3 who actually did cast a ballot, it's a 93.7% voter turnout. Essentially impossible. That That's North Korea. Like yeah. North Korea does that. The average <laughs> voter turnout in the United States is in the 60s. Yeah, I remember those are like some Saddam Hussein numbers right there. Yo. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm not exaggerating. Um, Wisconsin's election is more on par with the voter turnout. It's more akin to North Korea's elections than it is to Oklahoma. Jeez. Lovely. Yeah. Was that lying with statistics, that book. Uh, oh, there you go. The Bill yeah. Gates one. And that helps why you have, you know, the 157,000 voter 
same registration number that you were just talking about right. and the um the 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 voter roll bloat that we were just talking about what that also does even if they don't use all 157,000 of those it increases the number to make the percentage of turnout smaller so whether those illegal votes are used or not it still helps them cheat because it, it gives them room to say that the voter turnout was lower yeah it certainly does and i, I think that's what the big the big scheme here is you know one side can accuse that like a 93% voter turnout or, or votes given in is, is literally impossible. And then they could just keep inflating the number on the other side. Well, that's only 93% of the number you're looking at. But if you look at the overall number at some point, you're going to have to be like, okay, that many people don't live in this state. So we, right. we've really got to get to the bottom of it. And, right. and I think moving forward, what would be like your uh, opinion on where you think this is going to go? I think the American people are rising up. They're angry. They want their country back. And I think that they're going to secure their elections. It's hard. I'm not trying to play Pollyanna. I, I completely understand the challenges that we're up against and what needs to be done. But I think the American people will do it. It starts with people getting involved in their local precincts, securing their precincts. And I understand that there's manipulation that can occur along the chain. But if we can get enough people to secure the precincts, it makes it harder. Every every link in that chain, get enough people involved to secure it, it will make it very, very hard for them to cheat in any type of credible way. The only reason they were able to do it in 2020 was because no one was really paying attention and we didn't have enough volunteers. They cheated severely enough that we all noticed mm -hmm. and now everyone's paying attention. So they outed themselves with what they were doing. And, and now I think, you know, we're all, we, I think American people, um, correct me if you disagree, but I think the average American is looking at this concerned going, oh, no, can we ever get our country back? Will we ever elect our leaders again? You know, they want to want a sense of security that um, we have it. Not all is lost. Right. But I think if what you look at what's happening globally, you know, this is not an American issue. The election was American, obviously. But look at all the protests that are happening, happening around Europe and Germany and Frankfurt and Austria and Lithuania in Israel, in Australia, we're seeing massive protests. And I think around the world, people are pushing back against tyranny. I think, I think we're winning. It doesn't feel like it at the moment, but I really do. I really do think that we're winning. Yeah. It's, it's, that's definitely one of the things that a lot of people don't, you know, like to keep in mind. I see so often, you know, they'll post tweets from people who live in those countries and it'll just be like, you can't see the end of the people that are that are yeah. that are protesting. It's massive. It's bigger than what's happening in the United States. But then people are like, "Oh, well, no, it's covering." Okay, but it's still actually happening. There's literally yes. like a million people protesting in this country. Yeah, why aren't they covering it? Right, and and at <clears throat> some point that narrative is going to get broken. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. Also, we we don't see any uh, Omicron variant spikes in any of those protests in any of those countries. Uh, even though there's millions of people taking to the streets every all over the place, so well, you'll probably see one on Ian Smith's gym first. Oh, yeah, probably most likely. <laughs> um, but Christina, you alluded to it, and it was like the whole big plan. We, you know, we already talked about Mark Zuckerberg, and then I, I always like to circle back to that Time article where they talked about you know how big tech, the biggest yeah. labor unions in the United States, and a whole bunch of billionaires kind of got together to you know, solidify Donald Trump not being able to win the 2020 presidential election. There was some new audio that surfaced this week, uh, which featured the uh, first dirt bag, Hunter Biden. And he mm -hmm. talked with one of the senior chairmen uh, of Walmart 
and this is coming from uh, late October in 2020. Uh, right. Before, okay, so this is before the election. Before the election. You're, you're, okay. you're going to be interested to hear this one. Yeah, let's hear it. For him not to run. Um, um, because I think that whether it's the party or whether it's um, whether it's people like you, to tell you the truth, Greg, um, the, the overall um, objective here is to stop not only Donald Trump, but to stem the tide of what Donald Trump represents um, in the political process for the future yeah. of this country, which to me is is uh, is way more dangerous than I ever thought that it possibly could be. Mm-hmm. And um, my concern is um, I, I, I kind of dropped out of this for just I'm tired of this shit. But um, yeah, but I think it's kind of almost unpatriotic not to. Um, to be back into it, particularly related to my 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 relationship with somebody that actually could change it, and so I think the danger of he and John having any discussion right now is uh, emboldening um, the supporters of those we'll call them, lack of a better phrase, fringe candidates, hmm. because right. they are no longer fringe candidates in the sense of uh, they can win nominations and yeah. they could potentially become president. And so yep. they are um, they're legitimate candidates, as Donald Trump has proven. And so yep. I think for um, for him uh, right now to have that um, discussion is um, is premature, particularly when he hasn't even um, uh, announced. But between you and me and um, but it's I don't think any secret, you know, my dad's entire career has been about um Fulfilling the service that you're uh, that you're asked um, to fulfill, um, based upon yeah. you know the way that you lived your life, in terms of uh, of doing that, getting up and doing what needs to be done. I don't know how he doesn't, except if there's some kind of. But by the way, he has more energy than you know. I mean, literally, he's doing he's doing like five more energy than to, you on math. Literally five to three or five um, events a day kind of events nap events so so there's that going on what a joke behind the scenes yeah he proved my point he is his father's pimp he literally is yeah he uh, is i mean there's and of a- course he is and they're they're funneling like through china and all the bribe money is going through him and his now amazing art career um but he proves the point that donald trump is dangerous to them to the establishment to the political class because Donald Trump paves a way for Americans to take control of the country again, for anybody can run for office. Gasp the horror. God forbid someone feel called to run for office. Now they actually could. That's a problem. So I think if they had known the the backlash that they would get and the pushback that they would get by kicking Trump out of office, I don't think they would have ever done it. Because removing Trump has awoken the whole country. Everyone's paying attention and everyone's going, no, 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 that's not right. And I think if they had realized how much it would wake up every citizen in this country, they would never have done it. Yeah, you're you're 100% correct there. You know, I saw uh, an article this morning, it was from Breitbart. It was not their poll, but they were writing an article on the poll where a national average, I believe it was plus four Democrat, and it was 2,000 registered or eligible voters, 16%. And I don't even know who these people are. This must literally be the, – they must have interviewed 16 billionaires. or Right. Yeah, because 16% – 
greatly agree that the nation is going in the right direction right now. And, and you have those people are not paying attention. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, they're either those in, people listen to Rachel Maddow, nobody else, and Joy Reid. Yeah, they're completely unaware of what's actually happening. Yeah, that, that, that's totally true. And, and well, um, there there is a lot of people right now where they got what they want, and they literally have. I know I keep saying this, but they went back to taking pictures of their lunch on Instagram. Kim Kardashian's back they, in the news. She's the like fashion person of the year. That's a big distraction right there. They do not care about what's really happening because it's an inconvenience for them to think that there's potential for them to be wrong. Until they go to the grocery store, until they pay their utility bills, until they try to gas up their car. And I think, you no, know, but that's just the price of winning to some of these people. True. We, we did see that those numbers come out last week also in, in the combined uh, heavily favored Trump pollster versus the heavily favored Joe Biden pollster, where you have like 60 percent of independents are not happy with Joe Biden. Hmm. Uh, those numbers have never been gotten to this fast. independence unfavorability rating. I don't understand how 40% are fine with them. Like who the hell are these people? Well, there were, there were all varying degrees, you know, like kind of disagree, strongly disagree. Oh, I see. But, but the, but the group of independents that now it was less than 30% thought going into the election, supposedly, because you know, all these poll numbers are skewed anyways. Yeah. But, but for, for a pretty left leaning pollster agency to say that 60% of independents that he's lost them already. And we're 10 months in, it's yeah. pretty damning numbers to say the least. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that it's been leaked this week that, uh, the Biden administration is pushing back on some of the, the mainstream and, and legacy news outlets to go and, uh, hype up the administration. So you saw people like Jim Kramer going out there saying yesterday on TV, this is the best economy ever. Oh my and, God. And, on what uh, planet? Yeah. I just don't understand it. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're, we're kind of in like a middle, like in the middle of it right now. It's not definitely towards the end, but it's a lot further away from the beginning than it was, let's just say, on November 7th. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Last thing I want to ask you, election related. Um, we did see something this week. I don't know how I feel about it yet. David Perdue and the Trump endorsement in Georgia. We yeah. Had, we had a lot of problems there. Uh, I do I don't really recall seeing David Perdue really sticking up for the president right after the election or his own Senate seat after the special election. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. He kind of just, he kind of just sat back and took it. Um, And and then you see him announce that he's going to run for governor and have Trump endorse him. I I thought that was pretty interesting. Same week that, you know, Stacey Abrams kind of does the big reveal that she's running for reelection apparently. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, no, you're not wrong. Your assessment is right. The problem is we have this problem in most states, quite honestly, with the exception of Arizona. Thankfully, in Arizona, we've got Carrie Lake running, who yeah, seems do. to be doing a phenomenal job. She's, She's crushing it. Awesome. But um, she absolutely is. But we have the problem in Wisconsin, in Michigan, and worse in Georgia because yeah. you because Brian Kemp, who's currently the governor, is a Republican and. We should be wanting to just reelect the sitting governor, but none of us do because we all know he's a hack. Um, and so you just there's a problem in Georgia. Who can beat Kemp, especially if especially if there's concerns that Kemp is in cahoots with Raffensperger and the Secretary of State there, 
who they they're playing with the numbers. If they actually are in on the election fraud, it will be very difficult to beat him. So you need someone like a Donald Trump type popularity who's who can run, who can really run a good race and beat Kemp in the primary. I don't I don't think we have anyone doing that. And so I think that's why Purdue stepped up and Trump endorsed him. I don't think I don't know. I, I I'd like I'll his race is new. Let's see how he does. You know, let's see how he pulls out. But I, I agree. I think everyone's looking at him going, well, he didn't even fight for his own seat. Why is he, how is he going to fight now? But he's a, he's a better candidate than Kemp. I guess that's the, that's the takeaway for me. And I know Trump's a businessman. I think a lot that has to go into it. It's probably a numbers thing. I guarantee the Purdue team sat down with Donald Trump and said, listen, we have offices here. We have people that can knock on doors here. We've already have like established, you know, people that we call. Uh, yeah. We're going to, we're going to double and triple and quadruple those efforts, obviously on a state scale and not just uh, for a Senate seat. And, and and then you have Heiss who's running for, isn't he challenging Raffersberger or is Raffersberger not running? I'm, I'm not sure. I know he's going for secretary of state there. So yeah, it's one of those things I wouldn't hate. David Perdue as a candidate as much if Heist can get in there and they could be a team because then you would have like someone who Trump endorsed. Who's, yeah. But at the same time, you're going to have someone who's like a Trump supporter and an America first agenda secretary of state right underneath them. So yeah. it's not it's not like it's going to it's going to you're going to go into the same thing where you have like the the China connections, the Facebook connections and all the other stuff that's plagued uh, Kemp and Raffensperger uh, ever since it's come out from the election. And, you know, it's just kind of got into this mess that we're in right now down there in Georgia. So, yeah, I, I just think it's TBA. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to keep a close eye on that one. I'm not thrilled with it, but I, I think when you look at like money wise and probably logistics and, and already having like the framework there, you know, if Trump was going to take like a complete outsider, who might want to, you know, go head to head with Purdue and have to worry about Kemp, but at the same time set up all the groundwork. We might not have enough time by the yeah. By yeah, the time, I agree. I think that's by, the calculation. Yeah, but by the time November comes around, I guess I could look at it this way: a couple more rallies in Georgia, probably TBA. Yeah. So that's going to be great, and we always love those. And yeah, he's for all these people he's endorsing. He's going to be doing a lot of rallies uh, after Christmas. So yeah, I think it's going to be a. Uh, Great for television. Well, yep. Whoever yes. whoever decides to play it. Well, so. you can catch it on OAN. We will always cover it. There you go. And that's usually where we get our audio clips of it from. Yeah. You got anything else for us election related, Christina? Is it going on? You hear anything out of Arizona? We got Mr. Nunchucks over there. Or? Yeah. Goodness. Well, the Arizona legislature is back in session in January. Right. So in a few weeks, we should start seeing some proposed legislation, some movement on the part of the legislators. Who knows what Brnovich is going to do? If he stands a chance at winning that Senate seat. He's going to have to cough something up sometime, I would say, before before the end of January. Otherwise, everyone's going to call his bluff and kick him out of the race. So, um, yeah, Arizona should be interesting. I'm really excited about Wisconsin. I think there's good things coming out of Wisconsin. Georgia and Pennsylvania, I'm not as thrilled about. But, you know, we do have things in Pennsylvania. We'll see if anything comes of it. But there's there's things happening there. So, Lot people need to know that there's a lot of people still fighting the ele- election integrity fight. It is not dead. It's just not being covered. So know that if you want to be involved and you, that's the fight you want to fight, there is an organization somewhere in your local area to do that. There's a, I'm talking to a lot of patriots on the ground all over the country. So uh, don't lose heart. Know that we will eventually win this fight and get involved. Why don't, why don't you uh, 
give our listeners again your social medias and and whatever you want to give out because uh you know we definitely want to be able to direct people to follow you and get those updates maybe at the same time jump in your dms and you could point them to uh some election integrity groups in their area yeah absolutely so my handle on both instagram and twitter is uh christina c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a underscore bob b-o-b-b like the man's name with two b's and you can find me there Hey, we appreciate you coming back on with us today, and uh, don't worry, we'll be looking to fill you uh, up up for a slot on a Friday in the in the very yeah, near future. I love doing this show on Fridays. You guys are awesome. Nice. Thank you so much for having me. The host of the weekly briefing, Miss Christina Bob from OAN. Thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast. Thanks, guys. All right, joining us for our next segment, this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast. Returning to the show, I consider him a major influencer. He's one of the hardest working patriots out there. He's currently uh, on location in Texas with the uh, Reawaken America Tour event. Congratulations to you, Mr. Alex Shepard. Well, thank you. They're not having me speak here or anything, so nothing really to congratulate other than, um, like you said, I'm working hard. I'm trying to get out here and trying to talk to everyone uh, and and see who's on board with fixing 2020. There you go. You know what? I do want to, before we get into what we're going to cover with you in the news today, I think we talked about it in extent last time, but I kind of want to get an update on where you're at with that. You'll be pleased to know our first guest before you came on today uh, was one of the biggest Stop the Steal coverages-ers, Christina Bob from OAN, and and she went over a, a whole bunch of stuff with us. She gave us a little brief on Arizona. We we extensively covered what went on in Wisconsin this week and then touched briefly on some of the uh, happenings going on down in Georgia with the uh, David Perdue announcement and uh president trump endorsement and kind of where we kind of all thought that was was going moving forward it's always great to have her on but we know when it comes to election integrity you are one of the most outspoken influencers online period about it why don't you give us a little bit of insight on uh we know what drives that passion but kind of you know what you've been looking into and 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 kind of tracking and what what you think is going to be happening a little bit moving forward yeah, I love Christina. She has been the best reporter of the Arizona audit, and OAN has had the best coverage by far. Um, I just think that our votes need to count. You know, we're, we're a constitutional republic, and when our votes are stolen, then really our country's stolen from us. And we're seeing that with what's happening under the Biden administration right now. They are purposefully destroying our economy. Uh, people are losing their jobs yep. really by the millions. Uh, with the with the mandates. And I understand that the mandates were blocked, which is great. Uh, but still, this is what happens when we have a president who we did not elect. Uh, so Christina has been great. Um, OAN's done a lot of reporting on it. Fox News barely even mentioned the Arizona audit, yep. which I think is a disgrace. And when they did mention it, they mentioned it to say that it proved that Biden won, which it obviously didn't prove that it actually proved the opposite that there was a lot of fraud coming from joe biden so yeah there's enough fraud in each of these swing states to flip them to to trump which is who won those states uh so i think that state legislatures state senators need to take back their power you know they're the ones who run the elections they're the ones who certify the elections they need to take back their power and say that if there's fraud enough to question the election result, they need to decertify the election as well. And I think that's the next step. I definitely think so as well. You know, some of the stuff we've been seeing in Wisconsin really heated up this week. 
and I think we're probably not going to see too much before Christmas. Uh, but I think afterwards, when they're back in session in early January, we're we're really going to see some of the things uh, ramp up there after we had some some big revelations there, especially with the numbers and the, and the Zuckerberg influence and and just the ability to cheat. Uh, and how it was kind of, you know, mathematically laid out there. It was definitely something going on in, in Wisconsin, and I think they've moved to the forefront even head, ahead of Arizona, who conducted, you know, an audit, as we all know, several months ago. And, and you know, I think we're going to see some big things in, in Wisconsin after the holidays. Yeah, I see there were over 100,000 uh, voters who have been on the voter rolls for over 100 years. <laughs> uh, so that right there is, is enough to swing the result, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Wisconsin, I mean, you guys have been there. Uh, it's, it's clearly a red state. Yeah. I'm going to be interviewing, uh, Joey Gilbert, who's running for governor of Nevada. I'm going to be getting him on. And, uh, I was talking with his guys last night and they were saying that Nevada, they, they, uh, received mail-in ballots that they didn't ask for. Oh, and then they man. counted mail-in ballots, of course, that they never sent in. So, uh, the fraud was nationwide for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And Nevada is one of the one of the best of the rest states. I always bring up when we do our election and stop the steal coverage because there's a lot of people there who who have voiced their opinion, and it's one of the states that they were adamant about not looking at. But when when we had Amanda Milius on recently, she worked the election there in in, in 2016, and and then you know she she knew a whole bunch of people that were still on the ground there in 2020 and and she said it was not okay the stuff that was going on there definitely some some shady stuff and 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 she alluded to that so so jumping into some of the stuff we're covering this week we 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 learned earlier probably i think on monday that the Biden administration had been pressing some of the legacy media to kind of be a little bit more cheerful. Mm. Uh, we did an entire segment last week where, you know, it, it seems like it was either only Peter Ducey or Emerald <clears throat> Robinson who would be dunking on Jen Psaki every day in her press conferences. And then you see over the last two weeks that narrative kind of shift. And there's a lot of people from news agencies that you really wouldn't suspect, CBS, NPR, uh, some of the international news agencies in, in regards to like the um, – the travel restrictions who have just been slamming her and then, you know, calling her out on her lies when she's lying in real time. You know, they're trying to do a little cleanup right now because everything else is an absolute disaster from international policy and, and geopolitical stuff all the way down to the economy and just the overall feeling of the country. Because like you said, and we could pretty much all agree on, we've elected an illegitimate president and put him in office. And now we're dealing with the consequences. Uh, Liz Harrington jumped on OAN yesterday and uh, she was talking uh, on the, she was on one of their evening shows and she was talking about who is doing a better job of covering up for Joe Biden's essentially his fuck ups. Hmm. Is it the legacy media and, and outlets like CNN or is it people like Mitch McConnell? So we're going to, we're going to listen to that right now. Let's hear, let's hear how she kind of led in with that one. For example, I just saw on CNN, uh, they had a Washington Post reporter on there who was trying to argue that somehow the media actually gives worse coverage to Biden than they ever did to Trump, which, of course, <laughs> is just, you know, it's it's something that we should just all kind of roll our eyes at and not even engage because it's just it's so ludicrous to even give it any kind of, uh, you know, any kind of attention whatsoever. But these are the kind of games that they are playing right now. And also just looking at everything going on in Washington, D.C. right now, I, I know Republicans are in the minority, but do you think that they should be doing more? more to put some kind of roadblocks between Biden and all the freebies he's giving out. 
You know, it's hard to say who's giving Biden more cover, the fake news media or Mitch McConnell. I mean, this is absolutely appalling. We need new Republican leadership. He's given the country away, Mitch McConnell has. He didn't fight for the two Senate seats in Georgia. He didn't fight for the presidency after all the rigging that we saw there. They're still coming out to this day in Georgia, so much fraud. And yet he's given them, as you correctly stated, a blue state bailout disguised as COVID relief, trillions of dollars in infrastructure, like President Trump calls it, because none of the spending goes to actual roads and bridges and tunnels and everything else that our country actually does need. Uh, And now he's given them a two-month basically get out of jail free card. They were flailing. They weren't going to get infrastructure. They weren't going to get the Build Back Worse plan. They weren't going to get this fundamental transformation of our country. And yet he let them have a pass on the debt ceiling, didn't negotiate with it, allowed 19 Republicans, including himself, to vote for the monstrosity of an infrastructure bill. And now he's cutting a side deal with Chuck Schumer to uh, to totally nuke the filibuster, weaken it, and tie it to the defense bill as a one-time, oh, we'll just use this to raise the debt ceiling. You're giving the country away to Democrats. Now they have all the leverage they need to pass whatever they want. It's appalling. Republican voters are so upset. President Trump is right. We need new leadership in Washington and the Republican Party. I don't don't hear anything that was untruthful in that statement. Mm -mm. Now, Alex, before we get into the overall narrative of this segment, Mitch McConnell's behavior, I mean, out of the four of us here, none of us like him or respect him at all. He's a complete swamp monster. He's essentially a rhino. He's completely compromised by China and the CCP. We all know those are long, you know, stated, documented facts. His behavior in regards to this, uh, giving Joe Biden any kind of a W when he has zero political capital based off of all of the interactions he's had from the border to Afghanistan, the economy, you name it. Uh, he's destroyed it in the last 10 months. His behavior is pretty much inexcusable, just not even political party related, just as a, you know, someone who lives in the United States. Can't you agree? Yeah, Mitch McConnell, he is part of the Uniparty, and he's no different than Nancy Pelosi. And the dividing line, I'm so happy that you had me on the same uh, show as uh, uh, Christina Bob from OAN, because uh, it's that's really the dividing line is the Republicans that are going to let an election be stolen, a presidential election, uh, arguably the most important in our history. Uh, a Republican who lets an election get blatantly stolen like that without even pretending to look into it or question it is clearly a traitor. And uh, you're right about he has connections with the CCP. Uh, I, I think we need to look into his wife and, and her connections to the CCP. Uh, but, but then also, you know, look at what, you know, the, the original question was the media versus Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And I do think Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham uh, have done more to slander and defame President Trump and his supporters and also to weaken our country than the media has. Look at January 6th. Yep. Uh, you know, 99.99999% of people there, totally peaceful. And I think when the footage comes out, we're going to find out that the Trump supporters that did get violent got violent after they saw Capitol Police officers killing people and beating people up. So, uh, but Lindsey Graham, uh, it was recently reported a month ago 
that he told Capitol Police officers, you have guns, use them. Yeah. And then we know that Ashley Babbitt got shot. I think that's an incitement of violence. And then you Mm -hmm. see Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell after January 6th saying they're ashamed of President Trump and he fueled this riot and all this stuff. They have done really nothing for our uh, for our party. And Ronna McDaniel has done nothing for our party either. She's raised all this money supposedly for election integrity. Yet we have the cyber ninjas who, God bless them, they did great work with the Arizona audit. But they're like two million dollars in debt right now uh, because Ronna McDaniel, who knows where that money's going. uh, But we've got a lot of rhinos. Kevin McCarthy is a big issue, too. Huge Uh, issue. And and we need everyone focused on 2020. And Trump is strategically endorsing candidates for 2022. State legislators, state senators like Anthony Kern out of Arizona, who's going to be replacing the rhino Paul Boyer, yeah. who didn't want to decertify. So we're going to get this election decertified. It's only a matter of time, in my opinion. No, I agree with you there. And, and you've made some excellent points in regards to some of those awful actors in the Republican Party right now and, and what they've done starting around election time up through January 6th and then right into it with the the Biden administration. They must really enjoy going to work every day and knowing that they don't have to do nothing because they're just going to try and play the blame game at the midterm elections. They have a, a rude awakening coming due to the amount of Trump-endorsed America First candidates that are getting out, though. I mean, they're going to lose speakerships. They're going to lose committee seats to a whole bunch of essentially young, fresh faces who actually give a shit and, and want to get in there and help fix the uh, stuff that's going on in D.C. So this week I saw CNBC host. He's one of the bigger, more popular shows on that network. Not that his numbers are high, I'm just saying in general. Jim Cramer, he's kind of come out of the woodwork lately. Uh, and he's made some pretty disturbing comments in regards to kind of carrying the water for the administration. Uh, Noah, you're going to like this one. I doubt it. He, he talked about some stuff related to the vaccines and the mandates. Listen to this, Jim. Lord knows what happened if you didn't partake. But back then, anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately because we knew that person could hurt other people. The common wheel was... A- a common will. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID, and Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated. Lawfully That's psychotic. We have companies that have tried hard to get people vaccinated and now backing down. We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue, the right to get sick and get other people sick. So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. And even then, you need to help in the war effort by staying home until we finally beat this thing. War effort? 99.97% survival of war? He's talking about going to, like, physical, actual arms. He's talking about using the military on the American populace. Yeah. To... to to force vaccinate themselves. Antoinette, I hear you scoffing back there. What do you think about Jim Cramer coming out of the woodwork with the help of uh, a nudge from the administration to go and push that narrative? That's not going to age well. Yeah, exactly. Basically it's going to, he's not going to do really good after that. Those comments. (laughs) Well, just in case he wasn't carrying, well, he's welcome to come knock on my door. Oh, mine too. I mean, Hey, I'm sure Alex is in, in agreement with that. He did continue 
to carry the narrative for the administration because you know he's a numbers guy. Right. So, so let's hear how we weighed in yesterday about how awesome the economy is doing right now. All right. First of all, to me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, the unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. What? We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services, a marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a roaring 20s style. Now, now, Roaring 20s style? I guess he's talking about the value of the dollar at the time. Alex, when, when you hear, and you know there is a lot of people who casually follow politics, and you hear those, first of all, outlandish comments in regards to the COVID narrative, and then he just doubles down. We have one of the worst economies right now. Even though the stock markets are doing good, that's all related to inflation. All the companies are doing great because everybody's demanding the things that they can no longer get at the store. And if they do, it's at a ridiculously inflated price. And then you have you know, him saying jobs numbers. It was also found out this week that the Biden administration, in their awful jobs numbers that came out this month, used jobs that were closed due to COVID and were allowing people to go back. Oh, those count. Yeah, sure. So they weren't even really jobs. Those were small business owners saying, well, I guess I don't want to live off the government forever. I'm going to go back and open up my store or my bar or my restaurant. Isn't it insane to someone who doesn't really follow politics or numbers to, to like maybe hear this stuff and be like, well, I guess it's not that bad. At least we don't have mean tweets. Yeah, and we saw the the graphic that Biden posted on Twitter that was this short, cute little video that showed uh, Trump, you know, created like a million jobs in, in a certain time, 1.7 million or something. And then it says Biden made like 7 million jobs. Uh, and it was ridiculous because we know that those are jobs that uh, that the government took away. And in regards to Jim Cramer, uh, he is a total shill. Yep. He is, I mean... His whole personality is just that he likes money, right? And that's what his whole show's about. And so Biden or the FBI or somebody paid him to make those comments yeah. uh, clearly. And and the vaccine stuff, I mean, it's so outlandish. I hardly want to acknowledge it. But, you know, they use the language that we're at a war with the virus. <laughs> they, they use the phrase war. Uh, to distract from the real war that's going on. Right. The real war is that China, Italy, Iran, and Germany all interfered in our election. And that was an act of war. And that was the real insurrection as well. So we have Jim Cramer who's saying that the economy is just going through the roof. Uh, the S&P 500, like you said, is going through the roof. And and the, the really big companies that have been growing this entire you know, quote unquote pandemic, because the entire thing has been that they have been shutting down the small businesses. Yep. They've been saying you don't have a First Amendment right to assemble. If so, you need six people in a room. They need to all be wearing a mask and stand, you know, six feet apart. And uh, and yeah, so the actual economy is doing terrible. Uh, everyone's using cash, like he said, yeah. uh, because people are losing. Uh, people are waking up to what's going on and. They might be using more cash, but it's because inflation's through the roof. The dollar is worth much, much less than it's ever been worth before. Yeah, those, those, are, those are excellent points and, and definitely things that, you know, when you, when you hear things like those Jim Cramer clips, you have to take into account what's the other side of the coin. 
and we've kind of painted that out there, Alex, especially right there. The, the White House economic advisor, Brian Deese, doubled down on this, you know, talking about how awesome the economy is. And that rolls right into a Joe Biden comment after that. Uh, let's hear what he had to say when he he joined the White House press briefing the other day. The president did try to set expectations in his statement today, saying you know, expect inflation numbers to stay high, to stay high, but that that doesn't reflect the reality. So, when do you expect the reports will actually reflect this? Well, I would just point to some of the real world, you know, uh, real world data that we're seeing, which is that we've seen uh, we've seen gas prices come down, we've oh. seen natural gas prices come down, um, we've seen uh, we've seen real progress in unsticking some of the supply chain uh, bottlenecks uh, that uh, that have been that have persisted uh, in uh, in our economy. I was you know noting on supply chains that there's actually now some reporting that that the principal concern is on the back end of uh, the holiday season, uh, too much excess inventory and people have uh, uh, over ordered and so uh, so certainly these are not you know uh, these are these are things that don't work themselves out overnight um, and and we I will go back to what I said uh, at the beginning of this we never over index on any one piece of data um, or uh, any one uh, uh, data release um, but we you know we're gonna stay focused on what we can do to try to address these prices in the immediate term hmm. gas prices have gone down. So, well, Joe Biden pointed out that, you know, gas prices are down about seven cents, even though they're coming down for a price. Yeah, that's that's up two dollars. And, you know, the the man who supposedly had a uh, two plus hour teleconference with the leader of Russia the other day incoherently stumbled through comments, piggybacking off of the uh, secretary right there. Let's hear it. Savings are starting to reach drivers now today. The average price you're paying here in Kansas City is below two dollars a gallon. Two three dollars a gallon. It's down to two ninety a four, gallon. Four dollars a gallon. Twenty percent down from cents for from a month ago. Nationally, prices are down seven cents a gallon and continue to fall. Mm. Mm. We're making progress. No. <laughs> We're gonna keep at it to ensure the American people are paying their fair share for gas. Wait, what? Not being gouged for gas. Oh, okay. Oh. Look. Look. No, you look. As man, as man said, we're, we're in a situation where we've known. All right, I just wanted to keep that last part in at the end. because Mandels? He, well, the, the teleprompter went up, and they were waiting for it to rewind. <laughs> oh, man. What do, what do you think? I mean, prices are ridiculous in California. Alex, I know I, I think you said last time you, you live in Ohio, right? And, and Antoinette, you're out in Vegas. Anybody see? You guys noticing that minus $0.07 cents per gallon at the pump when gas is up 2 $3 overall since? Nope. Since January, nope, mm. it's bad. It's real bad. I'm just happy. I'm just happy to pay my fair share. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what a great citizen you are. The reality of it is, wait, is this the same fair share they want the rich people to pay? Because that could be bad, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Let's just remember what we've heard so far. Uh, Mitch McConnell is doing a better job of covering for the administration than oh, CNN. Uh, Jim Cramer basically said, best economy in the history of the universe. History he, of economies. He, yeah, he compared it with how safe and secure the 2020 presidential election was. Mm. Um, the, the uh, you know, basically top economists in the United States said this is amazing, and, and so are the low, low gas prices. Um, Joe Biden fumbled through regurgitating what he said, and then CNBC kind of put a real take on it. And listen to this after hearing all that. 
the money ball numbers year over year. Year over year up 6.8, up 6.8. And this, of course, is a new record. That is the highest level since June of 1982, 1982. And if we look at X food and energy year over year, it's up 4.9. And that also is a high water mark. That is the highest level since June of 1991. We'll call it 30 years. So 30 and 40 years of the highest inflation and bad economy, respectively, as pointed out by, you know, uh, one of the economists on CNBC, who just kind of puts a little bit of a reaction. I wonder if him and Jim Cramer go back to back so Jim Cramer could tell everybody how awesome it is and then he tells him how much it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, that's kind of the reality of it there, and I don't see it getting any better. Um, I, I do see a lot of the legacy media starting to push back a little bit, but at some point they're going to have to continue to hold the line. I think sometimes it's just for shock value and, and not really for any kind of decent journalism, which we rarely see people like Christina Bob aside uh, in the U.S. anymore. Yeah, and the fact that the White House can hold a private meeting with all the heads of these news organizations and tell them, exactly how to frame their organization. We are living in a communist country, and this is what happens when we let other communist countries interfere in our elections. Uh, you can't talk to the president or you know, the alleged president, Joe Biden, because he's hiding from everyone, including reporters. And not only that, but the government is working very closely with the leaders of big tech yep. over at Twitter and Facebook and other places to tell them exactly who they need to censor and who they need to silence. Uh, and, and, you know, big tech is working with the FBI and the CIA to silence uh, people who criticize them as well. Uh, so, yeah, we're living in a communist country. The good news is that CNN has a new, I believe, uh, owner. Yep. And he said that he wants to bring CNN back to reporting journalism. I think it's been a long time, if ever, since they have had real journalism over there. But it's a good thing we got uh, Chris Cuomo fired. It's yeah. a good thing um, that I think they fired someone else, too. But we need to get Don Lemon. He's on his uh, way out, for sure. Yeah, we, we need to get him out of there because uh, – you, you can't try to pierce your nipples live on air on, on New Year's <laughs> Eve like that. Yeah, that's that's thank you for reminding me of that. I I'd just gotten it out of my my brain. And, and there it is again. Him, him in his kitchen with his lover. Oh, Oof. Well, is, Alex, is almost doing CNN now. Well, they said he is. But I, I think a lot of that's for optics. I mean, what can you really yeah. sue for? He's going to be suing for a portion of his salary. Uh, yeah. But there, there were so many violations of his contract uh, by doing the things he did. He, he he essentially he weaponized the news outlet to try and just, you know, get his brother off of all the charges by like bullying people and doxing people and all the awesome stuff we see online these days that uh, usually doesn't go well for the people that are doing it. You know, when when they start, it's it's funny. And, yeah. and, and you, you know, you could take it for what it is, maybe shock value. But at the end of the day, it never really works out for the people that are conducting it. Well, Alex, we're not going to keep you too much longer. We're going to let you go, and, and we're going to jump into our next segment. It's been awesome having you back. I, I'd say probably after after New Year's, we're going to have to get you back when you're in a in a room with a uh, with a little bit more time to be able to uh, hang out with us. But before we cut with you, why don't you tell all of our listeners where they could find you? I know Telegram's fire. 
Twitter's getting bigger. Well, for as long as it's there and anywhere else that you want to share, we'll live link them in our show descriptions and I'll send it to you later on. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, go ahead and join my telegram channel at real Alex Shepard. That's a L E X S H E P P A R D. Uh, Join my or, or follow my Twitter at not Alex Shepard. Uh, I'm on Rumble at Alex Shepard, and I'm on Getter as well. I'm I'm becoming a big fan of Getter uh, and and the team over there. So give me a follow there at Alex Shepard. Thank you guys again for having me on. It's always a pleasure, and I will be in a room in January when I come back. Nice, perfect. You know, major influencer, super strong voice. If you get in that telegram, you'll see his commentary, how much he really does love this country. He cares about it, and he's worried about the things that are important that we all should need to be focusing on right now. Mr. Alex Shepard, thanks for joining us on this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Well, those are some high-caliber guests we had today Yeah, on this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast. Christina Bob, always great to hear her. And then someone who, you know, champions her voice almost equally, Alex Shepard. Great guy, very passionate about election integrity and outside interference in our elections and then getting everything back to where it needs to be and holding the people accountable that did it. And I definitely think it's it's some of the major things that maybe we haven't been focusing on as much lately because of all the distracting stuff going on. And uh, we're going to talk about that right now. So I don't know if you guys heard, Bob Dole's dead. Yep. That's inconvenient. Yeah. And, and he was laid to rest. Well, he was, what was it called? Laid in what when you're at the Capitol? In, uh, in, in state? Or yeah. Like that. He, he was presented in state uh, this week. Joe Biden spoke. There was some uh, TMZ-related material, though. I don't know if you guys saw. So Kamala Harris and her uh, husband came in first. Bob Dole's not going to like this. I'm Bob uh, Dole. I think I heard. Did they, uh, what's it called? Jill and Joe Jill, Biden followed, you know right? And then so they had it set up where it was... Kamala's husband, Kamala, and then Joe Biden and Jill right in the front row, center left. And once Joe and Joe Biden came in. Then the music stopped and they lost the game of musical chairs. Almost. Well, it was kind of a game of musical chairs because Joe Biden didn't acknowledge Kamala. He didn't look, didn't wink, didn't shake Uh her hand, nothing. He lines up right next to her. Not even a nod. He stares at his wife until she realizes that he's looking at no, her. No, no, he was talking to her. He was saying something. And then says something, and they switch spots. I wish we had, like, directional <laughs> microphones on that, or even better, like, if there wasn't these stupid fucking masks, you yeah, lip readers. Well, I think one of the most unfortunate things of the whole day was... He's was, probably just going like, hey, I really don't want to sit next to this stupid fucking... My butt's been <laughs> wiped? I don't and want her to smell my pee-pee pants. There you go. So he read... Off the teleprompter again, mm. but he read, like, the close quote line again. The, the quiet part out loud. <sighs> Here it comes. Coming in hot. Has certainly faced periods of division, but at the end of the day, we've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. Then the message said, end of message. <laughs> <laughs> like is, is there any way to explain that other than what we just said it was like it, like is there maybe like a weird quote where end of message is I mean, like the actual like point he is talking about death so. <sighs> it's just do you think that will uh be 
put above the threshold of the doors of his congressional library. I think I was just talking about the duality of man, sir. And of course the message said, <laughs> end of message. Uh, what if he was like, period? <laughs> so his constant and ugly incoherentness is definitely something that takes... Salute the Marines. Right, off of what's going on. It's not as much as a distraction as some of the other stuff does. Uh, we we did learn last week that, and I'm air quoting now, Israel conducted like mock, we're going to blow up Iran and all of its nuclear facilities, drills. And this comes at a time where the United States and Iran are looking to get back to the table. Now, the narrative coming out of D.C. is that the United States will not tolerate a nuclear Iran. That's been the narrative since... I believe the 80s. I don't necess- know ne- how necessarily true that is because if you remember, in addition to pallets of cash, the Obama administration, where a Joe Biden served as the vice president, really empowered them to take their nuclear program and fast forward it up to where it is right now, which we don't know. Um, so, so that's coming into a, a distraction. You know, now that we're, we fully pulled out of Afghanistan and retreated from there, the military industrial complex can't wait to dig their, you know, teeth into another third world country that we're not going to do anything uh, in except get our men and women in the service killed. Jen Psaki brought it up at one of her press conferences this week about the administration's stance in Iran. And I thought it was kind of interesting to see, you know, something we're, we're supposed to be in a negotiating uh, aspect with talking about all options on the table. Why don't you guys check this one out? offers the best best path to avoiding a nuclear crisis. Uh, however, uh, given the ongoing advances in Iran's nuclear program, the president has asked his team to be prepared in the event that diplomacy fails, oh. and we must yep. turn to other options, and that requires preparations. Uh, we have made clear to Iran that the only path out of sanctions is through nuclear disarmament. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things where uh, it's like, Military industrial complex machine goes bird, mm-hmm. and it really does. But but that's not even the hottest of the hot spots. You still have China and Taiwan, probably in second place. But what's really been getting hot, and we touched on it last week, was uh, Ukraine and Russia. Yep. I don't know if you guys saw the memes that were were fired up from uh, the country of Ukraine this week. They had the four mannequin heads. With, oh, I didn't see that one. So it was the four mannequin heads, and it's the different kinds of headaches, like the one in the front, the one on the side, the one in the back, and then your whole head's red, and Ukraine. Oh, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tweeted, having Russia as your next-door neighbor, to which <laughs> Taiwan immediately replied to that tweet and quoted it with the four different heads, and the fourth head with all red was having China as your neighbor. No so, way. That's hilarious. Yeah, I guess apparently the first shots of the wars between those four countries separately will be with memes, as, as we saw uh, so- <laughs> earlier in the week. So the meme warfare stuff is actually coming true. Oh, we know it's true. Yeah, it is true. I mean, the yeah. FBI and CIA have handbooks. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just kind of hard uh, to wrap around right now why, other than money-driven, that we would even want to get into this. You you had an actual senator this week who sits on one of the top intelligence committees talk about boots on the ground, a carrier group in the Black Sea. Poops on the ground? <laughs> Diapers on the ground. <laughs> Diapers are usually up around the waist. Yeah, you know. But uh, a carrier group in the Black Sea obliterating Russian forces, and then he even said first strike tactical nukes. Ooh. I mean, they're just like, can't wait to get in there and start getting American uh, men and women killed. 
Steve Bannon and Raheem Kassam yesterday weighed in on it. Steve, uh, Raheem's been working on a big piece for the National Pulse. I had it up on our social medias yesterday. I linked it to the article. I thought it was really good, and it was by him. Let's hear what he had to say about it. I'm smiling because uh, that is exactly the point I was just about to make, is that if, if Americans thought Afghanistan was a debacle and took decades and trillions of dollars, then let me tell you this as a matter of fact. If you get into a hot war with Russia over Ukraine, you will be there for 50 years and tens of trillions of dollars. This is no small altercation you're talking about, and it's not a short altercation you're talking about. Now, let me me go through some of this, uh, um, the news reporting on this this morning, because I think it's fascinating. And Tucker was absolutely right about Joni Ernst. In fact, there's there's a phrase that sums up what we're hearing from Wicker and Ernst, and that is the empty vessel makes the loudest noise. Yeah. And that's True what story. we're hearing right now across the Western media is the loudest noise. But about when what? Joe Biden All right, farts, let me quote from the New York loud. Times this morning saying why the U.S. might be on a march to war with Russia. Quote, Putin believes that Ukraine, a country of 44 million people that was previously part of the Soviet Union, should be subservient to Russia. The two countries share a 1,200-mile border as well as cultural and linguistic ties, which many Ukrainians think Putin exaggerates. That is the summary I mean, if you've heard anything like gibberish before, then you know what this sounds like. Putin believes that that Ukraine should be subservient to Russia. Well, I mean, you know, Americans think Canada should be subservient to America. And frankly, the idea that many Ukrainians think Putin exaggerates the two nations links. Well, many Ukrainians think that Ukraine belongs to Russia anyway. So this is the this is the kind of farcical, hollow uh, foreign policy talking points that are being really quickly pushed out at the moment. But you know what's funny is they get it right in the next paragraph. It says, why now? And the answer, as far as The New York Times says, Foreign aggression often gives political leaders a chance to rally nationalistic support at home, especially as a distraction from domestic problems. Now, the New York Times thinks that it's talking about Vladimir Putin. In reality, it's talking about Joe Biden. Yep. Wag the dog. Raheem Kassam, thank you very much. Raheem was there. He's been all over this. And, and by the way, this was the EU. And, and didn't even cut him off. Raheem, 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 yeah, Raheem, 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 Raheem. We're running up on a hard break. We're going to keep you through. Cue the music. <laughs> so, yeah, then there's so lots of distracting stuff going on. Taken away from what? We, we're still not there yet. Believe it or not, we're, we're talking about a lot of things that are coming back. One of them may be Julian Assange. He's mm. been cleared by the highest levels of the UK government for extradition to the United States today, which is Friday. Kind of interesting. Uh, we've got war on at least two different fronts, probably three if you count China and Taiwan. The Bob Dole funeral, which in the Beltway is is pretty big news. He's you know one of the longest serving, funniest, and most dedicated you know patriots that was out there for a long time. Super big Trump supporter and and Trump era policies, and he championed that all the way up to the day he died. Uh, Pizzagate. Came back into the news this week. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, like, just out of nowhere. And you'll, no, I'll give you one guess on what left leaning morning talk show. Oh, geez. Yeah. Might, might have dabbled in that a little bit and wanted to talk about, you know, not only that narrative, but the people who proprietor it. And uh, definitely some of the stuff we've come to learn that is like normal. Echo speak from Joe Doucheborough. And uh, I just thought it was kind of random that it dropped back into the news cycle this week. And uh, we're going to listen to a clip from it right now and kind of hear how they weighed in on, uh, you know, trying to distract the American public away from, from, you know, one of the biggest stories going on that 
that absolutely nobody's covering because nobody wants to hear about Pizzagate anymore. Yeah, I mean, this all, we first learned about all this, of course, um, Randy, when with Pizzagate, mm. where it was supposedly Hillary Clinton and all of these other people that were running a child sex trafficking ring. And somebody actually showed up with a gun ready to kill people. Yeah, exactly. And when he uh, when he did shoot in, in the establishment, terrifying patrons and employees, he came out, put his gun down, laid on the floor, and he told police at the time, I had wrong intelligence. Unfortunately, we can't have a come to Jesus moment like that for the thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people who still subscribe to it. And I think you bringing up Pizzagate is really important because oh, the fact important. is, is that QAnon lobbed on to the lies of is. Pizzagate to grow God. its base. Like, that the the people that really got into QAnon early on weren't so much the Donald Trump is so great crowd. They were the Donald Trump is saving America from a pedophile ring, and they had just recycled all those Pizzagate rumors again. It's it's really a tale as old as time, and it's probably going to happen as old again. As 2015, which again is showing one more way Donald Trump is so irresponsible and reckless. When asked by a reporter. Uh, whether he oh. was saving the country from a child sex trafficking ring pushed by QAnon. He said, what's so uh, bad about that? Something along those lines. Okay. Don't I hate mean, it. I mean, what is bad about stopping child trafficking and pedophiles? Yeah. And, and I mean, when you want to talk about elite pedophiles, we're, we're not all the way there yet, but we're almost there. Last one before we get to it. Hill dog. Mm. Back in the news this week. I know. Antoinette, have you seen it? Hillary Clinton, little cry, crying. I could only see like 10 seconds. I had to turn it off. It Looking so more bad. and more like the emperor from Star Wars. It doesn't even look like her, to be honest. Unlimited Nothing power. Like her. So she's doing a master class. Feel the hate. What? Yeah, and, and part of that master class was going over the previously unreleased victory speech that she had written for election night. Wait, this is an acting master class? She's giving a master class. Why? For what? For women and glass ceilings. And she wants to run for president again in 2024. So this is the start of starting to get the feelers around. No fucking way. Listen, when you have your top candidates as Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Pete Buttigieg, you know, what are you going to do? You got to go back to old reliable. So, Mm. yeah, it's one of those things. Listen, nobody thought in the new last star wars that the emperor was coming back but there he was hooked up to a machine all alive <laughs> and shit and and here she was this week doing a master class reading this previously unreleased speech that you know, like antoinette kind of led into made my stomach hurt after a few seconds now noah's gonna get to hear it as you know right a concession speech because even though we had a lot of bumps those last 10 days uh I, I still thought, you know, we could pull it out. More, so more I worked on um, a speech that really bumps on his wiener. was about my journey and had a, had a real emphasis on my mother's life and journey as a way God. of, you know, m- making it clear that, yes, I would be the first woman president. But I, I like everybody, uh, stood on the shoulders and lived the lives uh, and the experiences of those who came before us. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. You will survive. 
you will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. Oh. Uh, I know you look what like, I said. Uh. You look like you're a little choked up right now. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like her. And oh, I mean, Silverman <laughs> Tambor. If anyone deserved it, it was her right yeah. there. <laughs> you know, I think they're doing this and she's coming back in, not for 2024. I, hope I not. My little conspiracy theory, like it's just a theory, obviously, but so I don't know for sure. But if they get rid of Biden and Kamala, they're going to insert Hillary. Well, it's not even a cert. You know, it's not like, uh, let's just say they get rid of Kamala Harris. The the designated survivor and chain of progression does not mean Nancy Pelosi is automatically vice president. The president gets to pick who his vice president is. And then we're, some people are speculating that could be Hillary vice, 25th Amendment, Hillary president. Mm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And that is scary. That. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, so... If they were to get rid of Kamala and um, Joe at the same time, then it would be Nancy who picks. Uh, no, it would, it would actually be. I, I believe the Senate has to approve it. They would, right? Yeah. Okay, because I wasn't sure if Nancy would pick or. She's out after twenty twenty two. The scary part yeah. is is how much time it is before the next general election. That all speculative to, you know, stuff that's going on with uh, the election integrity stuff. Um, yeah. But but yeah, she's definitely back in the narrative, and I think we need to talk about it real quick. We are probably nearing the end of a very unfruit bearing Jelaine Maxwell trial. Oh yeah, we have had with the help of the mainstream media and their lack of coverage. Notice I have not been able to pull any relevant audio clips. I have looked tirelessly. I don't want to play the clips on the show of some Richard Citizen journalist outside of the courthouse, you know, with cars beeping in the background and, and, and have that as I, I want stuff like we, we, the content we give you, but we're going to try and give you a little bit of commentary on it. So between the mainstream media, the legacy media, you have James Comey's daughter, uh, Jack Posobiec, posted a picture of the top prosecutor in the case the other day. She looked about 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an extremely liberal judge and where you've learned nothing about what could be one of the most consequential cases in the history of this country. Uh, we've been shown, yeah, we've been shown hundreds of VHS and DVDs and binders all presented in court, all 90% or more redacted. You know, I know. And, there's and, really nothing. I can't find anything. No, you could, you could find a picture of of Glenn Maxwell with her, her tits hanging out, massaging <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's feet, and, and that's supposed to be like the big. Oh my God! You know, look, they work. This is disgusting. It, it's horrible. And w- when you take that and everything that's gone on with this case, and you combine it with the fact that we've now had over seven hundred major corporate executives, people in governments all over the world just resigning for no reason that there, there is some kind of connection there that, yeah, that, that's yet to be finalized, but they have to in some way be connected. You know, for sure, because I mean, like it's not, I mean, it's not coincidence. No, there aren't you've any, got, you've got the coroner that literally resigned the day the trial started. Yes. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, logic tells you something is going on. And I then, wonder what's going to happen though. Honestly, I mean, a lot is not being told, you know, they're keeping it really, quiet and like you know shut down and what's the big deal like oh yeah she's guilty she goes to jail for 80 years she's already like fucking 60 years old right those two there's so many people that are implicated and they're terrified 
So and that's they're, they're resigning and going into hiding or you never know. People are freaking out. They don't know what to think right no. now. Normies are going to get to experience like no justice and all mm-hmm. of these elites from all over the world, everybody from Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew and every other single person that's participated in that bullshit, whether or not they were originally compromised and then, you know, fed into it or whatever. Maxwell and Epstein were figure pieces of probably one of the largest, most disgusting networks ever. And, yeah. and we're never going to be able to know like who were the captains, you know, who, who, yeah. who, who, who were the generals and all that stuff. Who was directing the ground game while these two were like the public face of it, yeah. you know, and, 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 Oh yeah, it's conspiracy theory. Oh yeah. It's all speculative. No, it's not. Why was Glenn Maxwell sitting in the fucking throne at Buckingham palace? Why know, was, right? why was her and Jeffrey Epstein vacationing in the queen of England's fucking cabin? Yeah. And, and that's like, if you zoom in on both of those, it is the same fucking cabin. Exactly the same. Yeah, it's the exact same. So, like, you know, it's, I just want to know how extended this spider web is. And you could tell by the stuff that's going on all over the world that there are a lot of people compromised. But my gut feeling is we're never really going to get to the bottom of it. And it's sad. It, it really I don't. Is. I don't think we'll get to the bottom, bottom of it. But I think there will be some revelations. I mean, besides these, like, pictures of her with her tits out massaging his feet. I think that just so many people that are in such high places are implicated in this. They're, I mean, they're trying to, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things. Like, like I said, her going to jail does nothing for me or anybody else. No, you no. know, it's, it, I mean, she, she deserves to be dead as far as I'm concerned and oh, hopefully she won't kill herself as soon as she does get to jail. But I, I do think that a lot of this stuff is uh, very distractionary, and it, it has to do directly with that case. It's very calculated. Um, yeah. Moving on, though, let's talk about reparations. DeSantis style. Ooh. Oh. Big Dick Ron held a press conference this morning, and, and he wants to talk about uh, how his state has harbored illegal aliens, and he wants restitution for it. Let's hear mm-hmm. him weigh in on uh, the Brandon administration like only he can. Going to require that any private entity that's involved in facilitating illegal migration into Florida uh, owes the state restitution for each person that they're facilitating, whether they're bringing, whether they're, whether they're harboring, uh, because this does cost, when you have huge numbers of people, that costs uh, a lot of money for taxpayers in a variety of ways. I mean, just think, anytime you have an altercation with law enforcement, you have criminal cases, you have other issues with drugs, you have just normal things about health care and things that, yep. that, that fall under the taxpayer. So every single person will be charged, the, the entities will have to provide restitution for the state of Florida. Number three, we're also going to strengthen our sanctuary cities law. We're going to make sure that if a local jurisdiction is not assisting state law enforcement in our investigation on whether somebody uh, has been brought here illegally, that that constitutes a sanctuary policy. And that's a, that makes sense. Now, before, when we did the Sanctuary Cities Bill, we were dealing with the prospect of the federal government helping us. Uh, for example, when Trump was president, yet a criminal alien in a Florida state penitentiary, they served their sentence. ICE would pick them up and then they'd send them back. Yep. Biden doesn't. They don't really do that. I mean, sometimes they'll do it now because there's been some pressure. 
but a lot of times they will release these people. That was not happening pre previously. Now we're in a different situation where we need all entities in Florida uh, helping to fight back against the federal government's uh, ineptitude and inaction. So that'll be important to strengthen. We're also going to strengthen E-Verify enforcement like by that. adding Department mm -hmm. of Economic Opportunity as an agency eligible to conduct enforcement. We're going to provide resources. We're going to provide... Now, he stopped just short there of saying that he's going to start deporting them himself. Right. I do think that's coming down the pike if, if this doesn't get any better. Like we talked yeah. about with Christina in the early parts of the show, deportations are down over 91% from, fis from fiscal year 20. And uh, that's just really sad when you consider the amount of deportable people that have crossed the southwest border this year is like a 600% increase than it was last year. So th that 90% might as well be 9,000 um, at this rate. Now, we've talked about the boomerang coming back around on this show, uh, basically through the midterm elections. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen so much bad stuff with this administration from top to bottom. But, you know, there's a lot of infighting going on in the House of Representatives. You've got... Representative Gosser uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene already stripped of all their committees and basically marginalized as America First candidates of the uh, of the Freedom Caucus, and now you have probably a third one, Lauren Boebert for her uh, suicide vest comments she made when she got into the elevator with Elon Omar two weeks ago. Uh, probably <laughs> going to get stripped of any committee duties that she has until the midterms. Uh, this this is going to kind of circle back for them though. Those some of the leading characters in the Freedom Caucus this week held a uh, little press conference on some of the stuff going on with January 6th and the FBI, the illegal detentions of American citizens and the mistreatments that they've had. And uh, I'm going to play a brief one from uh, Louis Gohmert first and then and end it off with how Representative Matt Gates finished that press conference. Let's listen to him real quick. Yeah. Is there anybody been charged with insurrection? And the answer is actually no. No one has been charged with insurrection. Uh, in fact, if they were going to charge with someone with insurrection, it's beginning to sound more and more like those would be agents for the federal government Oof. that were there stirring things up, trying to get people to engage in violence. And as we heard this weekend, uh, apparently a guy that was given out what were later used are uh, called dangerous weapons. Mm. Uh, may well himself have been working for the federal government, for the FBI, as he was handing out what they now charge were deadly weapons. So we've got a lot more investigating to do. Sounds like they do. It's mm -hmm. pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. He must be talking about that guy that was handing out hockey sticks and baseball bats at the door of the Capitol. That's a minor detail. Yeah. And, and you know, Matt Gates kind of finished this conference there was a couple other of them that spoke briefly I, I believe mtg spoke a little bit and, and talked about their frustrations and stuff and you know i was listening to war room yesterday and, and bannon had, had on matt gates for uh, i believe a whole show and, and matt really got into it you know because because steve pushed him on some stuff i feel like bannon's going to be back um in donald trump's council you know moving yeah. forward he's definitely donald trump knows the people that were there and, and that the the democrats and the legacy media forced out of dc were the ones that should have stayed the most and, and I, I really think he's going to know that moving forward but you know steve pressed him on it and kind of was like you know this is one of those things where oh you're going to champion uh, everybody's america first and everybody's going to try to fix this and everybody's going to stand up to joe biden and you know we're going to do a referendum and we're going to this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, but all you guys are going to do is you're going to get in there. And until you get a, a, a Republican president back in the Oval Office, 
you guys are going to stonewall committee hearings, you're going to stonewall investigations, you're going to replace committee chairs, and then the Democrats are going to use that in the next election to kind of, to kind of try to take power back in the House. So it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of put up or shut up time for, for Matt Gates, and you know he's really hitting his stride right now. I think he's in his third term, and he's really got to go and uh, you know take this Freedom Caucus and and the Republicans in the House by the reins right now, not the Border Patrol ones that whip people. But let's hear how he. It has been 174 days since my colleagues and I sent a letter to FBI Director Ray asking basic questions about the FBI's involvement in January 6th. Americans should not be languishing in hideous, unconstitutional conditions waiting for basic answers like this, waiting for basic answers regarding evidence, waiting for access to counsel. This report must be a guidepost for ongoing Republican oversight effort in the Congress. Truth. Because we are going to take power after this next election. And when we do, it's not going to be the days of Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy and no real oversight and no real subpoenas. It's going to be the days of Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Dr. Gosar and myself doing everything to get the answers to these questions. You know, and I hope it's it's those people along with people like Josh Barnett, Teddy Daniels, Anthony Sabatini, Joe Kent. When you start talking about maybe the close to 20 now we've had on this show, if, if most of them get in there, They've really gotten their numbers back up, not only in the Freedom Caucus, but in the America First agenda, you know, yeah. political side of it in Trump era policies. It's really I, I, I think these Democrats really think that this is just going to be another midterm election where power swings back and boomerangs the other way. But it's a different breed of candidate when you listen to it. And, yeah. and when they're vetting these candidates with. Are you loyal to Donald Trump? That's like a legitimate question now. If you're going to be an America yeah. First candidate, you, I mean, believe it or not, Anthony Sabatini has still not gotten the Don's nod. He's gotten it from everybody else. And part of me thinks that he is so beloved and he is so far ahead in that district that he doesn't need it until closer to the midterm. You know, some of these ones yeah. that, that that I think Trump is nudging along, he, he nudges them as soon as they run. And I think it's so they're off to a great start. Anthony Sabatini has been a state state representative there for a couple terms now. And, 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 you know, he's taking care of himself and he's got yeah, some top tier endorsements. Great. Yeah, I, I definitely think so as well. Um, but, but it's one of those things that this is going to be a different shift. This is going to be hopefully a new precedent for what kind of people runs. And, and there's a lot of them that, you know, we're going to be bringing on this show in the future for you guys all to listen to. And it's so important to find out where they're at, what they're doing, what they need, and how close you are to them so you can help support them, even if it's only with money. Because yeah. donating to the GOP and to Ronald McDaniel anymore is a fucking waste of time. Ask oh, no. anybody that worked on, like, you know, the election integrity. That Mike Lindell paid fucking millions of dollars out of his own pockets. The Cyber Ninjas, like Alex mentioned, are $2 million in the hole for doing an audit for a fucking federal election, and they got zero help from the Republican Party. RNC keeps sending me uh, letters in the mail asking me for donations, and I got so annoyed. I wrote in big black uh, Sharpie. I was like, not until you fucking fix the 2020 election, and I gave them a dollar, so they'll have to send me something back. <laughs> yeah, I, I tag her on Twitter all the time and say, fucking acknowledge Trump as, as the legitimate candidate in face of the fucking party, which she exactly. still hasn't done. Well, they're all pussies, man. And, you know, a lot of them are compromised, too, and they've got... A lot of skeletons in their closet. So yeah, in addition to ties to China and lobby groups and stuff like that, um, yeah. we usually kind of end on a high note or a good one. 
Uh, but we're going to end on kind of a crappy one today. We did see last week on uh, or earlier this week, the federal Biden mandate for the vaccine was held up in a federal court. Uh, we also saw that the Senate was actually able to put something together with the help of a few Democrats to pass anti-legislation to the Biden mandate, which was now sent to the House before it's going to be sent to his desk. Jen Psaki weighed in on it yesterday, and uh, believe it or not, the will of the American people is one way. Imagine how she answered. Sorry, a quick question on the Senate passage of the Republican bill um, uh, yesterday to overturn uh, President Biden's vaccine mandate for private employers. Um, are you concerned, that given sort of the Democratic support that that um, a bill actually was able to get, are you concerned that it perhaps uh, will actually uh, be able to, you know, interest some centrist House Democrats to maybe join in and, you know, and, and, and secure a vote on that? I understand the White House has said that, you know, you will veto the resolution if lands on the president's desk. Well, I think what's most important for people to know out there and to understand is the reason why the president proposed uh, these requirements, which include not just a vaccine requirement, but also a testing option, testing once a week, which we feel, and I think the American people feel, is quite reasonable in order to keep workplaces safe, keep schools sure safe, isn't. keep uh, stores safe where people are out there Christmas shopping and holiday shopping. We're just talking about safe. people crossing the border. Uh, we also know that it's something, it's steps that economists support, it's steps that 60 percent of businesses have already put in place. So again, we're hopeful that this doesn't come to the president's desk. Uh, I can't make a prediction of that. I'd, I'd leave that to the vote counters or the whip counters uh, in, in the House. But if it comes to his desk, he will veto it. And there it is. I really don't like her. You can't like any of them. Yeah. They're just awful, awful people. And, and yeah. Wait, so the testing thing isn't a fucking thing because if the testing thing was a thing... People wouldn't be losing their fucking livelihoods over this. You know, the PCR test is for tires. It doesn't even work. It retires in 10 days. It retires in 10 days? Yeah. What, what is it, like 30%? Like um, It's in the 30s, and that's that's their numbers. So that's it's accuracy prob- or? Yeah. yeah. 30, 30% accurate, not like. I mean, I'm seeing videos of people literally. I mean, that's better than Joe Biden's approval rating. Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, but people like putting water from the sink on like those rapid tests. Oh yeah, and we've seen people positive. test positive. We've seen people test Coca Cola, goats, kiwis, uh-huh. you know, and, dragon and fruit, all pop positive. Oh so, god! From the makers of AIDS tests, was, and Doctor Fauci comes. It was an every, <laughs> it was an everything bagel. <laughs> there you go. Stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's kind of the. Rounding up of the week, Ugh. we do understand why. I mean, they threw everything. Hillary Clinton, Pizzagate, Julian Assange, you name it, they threw it at us this week to avoid keeping an eye on the Maxwell trial and the lack of anything that's coming out of that right now. Besides some powerful testimony from people who were obviously really, really manipulated and abused by those assholes for years, um, which, I, which I think you really can't take you know, from the narrative. Another week in the book, team. Yep. Great show today. You know where you could listen to it? Where? Every major downloadable podcasting platform. You can find Steak for Breakfast on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcasts, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show and rate it, leave a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds for today. Obviously, Miss Christina Bob, host of the Week in Review on OAN. 
and Mr. Alex Shepard. Definitely a pleasure of having them circle back with us, and we'll be for surely having them back on the show to bring you guys the news with us again soon. Cagbro88, the patriotic babe accounts, Mr. Garbaggio, Mike Crispy of Red, White, and Based. He's on vacation this week, but we've been texting back and forth. He's working. And Tom Pappert, editor-in-chief of the National File. Guys, our sponsors. Help make small American businesses pillowy again. Namely, MyPillow. Now one of our partners. You like Giza? Mike's got it. You like integrity in your elections? Mike's promoting it across the USA. Giza slippers, Giza robes, Giza everything. Christmas is coming. There's over 600 different items on the MyPillow store. MyPillow.com forward slash steak. Enter promo code steak for up to 66% off said products. Let's take care of your Christmas shopping and help secure elections moving forward. West Coast Survival Arms. Mike's got a newly redesigned website, five-star rating, license FFL. Mike's pretty awesome. He's got ammo as well. 619-870-6992 via the telephone. WestCoastSurvivalArms.com is the website, and you can find them on Facebook Messenger. Odyssey. High quality, angelic sounds in your ear. What did I say last week? It's the top tier ear gear. gear. Nice. Odyssey.com. Find them on Facebook. Find them on Instagram. They're the best. Man rubs. Made some ribs yesterday. Nice. Slathered them with a little man rubs. Oh, thank you. Slow cooked them. They were delicious. Manrubs.com. They've got a uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. First responders, we love them. They're out there working hard. Police, fire, medical. Love Mediocre Medic. MediocreMedic.com. Find them on Instagram. And get a Zero Fucks Duck. Doesn't matter which one. They have non-drop ones right now. They got some you can color yourself. They certainly do. It's a, what is it, the DIY? DIY. Yeah. Zero Fucks Duck. And uh, you can find them on Mark's website. It's dumpbox.us. They've got a Facebook. They've got an Instagram. I love their patches. I'm wearing my Man Duck Lorian shirt today. If you don't know, go check it out. They're on sale right now for 15 bucks. Right at upcoming shows. I like it. Mm. Which will be, moving forward, Mike Collins out of Georgia 10, Joe Kent out of Washington 3, and hopefully Anthony Sabatini will be joining us on Tuesday for an America First roundtable. And we're going to bring you the news after that. Next Friday, so far we've got uh, two ladies. They work for uh, a company called Breakthrough Ideas, and they are help organizing Republicans all over the country get ready for elections moving forward. That's getting you registered at the polls, getting you working the polls, and getting the word out there on, on what candidates and uh, America First Agenda contenders you need to get behind. We're going to be joined by Jeannie and Kathleen from there and have a little bit of discussion with them and see how we can't get our listenership involved a little bit more. Uh, on the 21st of December, Seth Keschel is going to be circling back, and we're going to have Becky Lexit with us to do the news. On the 28th of December, we'll have Andrew McCarthy, who's running in New York 10. Patrick Witt out of Georgia 10 will join us on the first Tuesday edition of the uh, 2022 calendar, and that's going to be on the 4th of January. Amanda Milius, who is scheduled for today, is uh, getting some work done, uh, and will be coming back on January 14th with us. And on the 18th of January... I think it's only 11 shows now. Episode 100. Nick, Nor, Geisha, all locked in. Nice. We're going to be adding some guests to that and bringing them to you. Uh, friends of the week, Let's Go Brenda, 
Truth on Draft 2.0, The Calling of Esther, The Duke of Memes, Sublime and Slime. We've got some stuff working uh, behind the scenes with that account to bring to our listenership. Madam America, thanks for the collab this week. Snack Nicholson 2.0, and of course, Hubertos. Mm. Guys, thanks to remember between now and Tuesday. We're going to shorten the list a little bit and make it easier for you. Number one, do your own research. Pretty simple. Number two, start your own podcast. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty easy. It doesn't take a lot of work. You don't have to do anything. Maybe you could just make some memes, throw them on Instagram and uh, it'll be a podcast cuz cuz that's pretty much what goes into doing this show. Super easy. Super easy. Doesn't cost any money. Nope. Out of your own pocket, and especially when you have uh, none coming in except from the real jobs you have in the real world. And uh, based off of that, let's see what happens. So like I already mentioned, we'll be back on Tuesday. Mike Collins, Joe Ken, Anthony Sabatini, Steak for Breakfast. This has been episode 89. And on behalf of the uh, pod team, I'm Roan. Noah? Later. Antoinette? Bye, guys. Love you, dear. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. It is what it is. It is what it is. It, it is what it is. I think it's under control. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. We are doing everything we can. What testing does, it shows cases. It shows where there may be cases. Cases. You take a test, you have to send it to a laboratory. You test, we show cases. 55, 60 million people, very soon. We're lower than the world. Lower than the world. You can test too much, you do know that. Who says that? Oh, just read the books. What books? Other countries test. You know when they test? They test when somebody's sick.